Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What advice would you give Brock Purdy this week? I would tell him, silence the noise and just do what he's been doing. I think we have to stop this narrative that I do not like Brock Purdy. That's not the case. I'm a fan of Brock Purdy, right? And what he's been able to do has been wowing from a fan as well as a person who's played this game. But I just call it how I see it. And I think what he's been able to do with getting guys the football has been something that we've seen a lot of people do, but not at this level. Cam Newton on Brock Purdy. It sounds like he calls him Brock Parody. I have a hot take. Hmm, did you do that on purpose? I, I have a hot take. Yeah? Yeah, that's right. Okay. You tell Let's me you tell me how hot it is. It's uh and then we'll get to Super Bowl food based trivia and we you know take a call if anybody wants to call in. Now Joe, I say this. Good morning, Jeremy and Joe. It's beautiful outside. Although we got some clouds that have just rolled yeah. in. It's still fine. It's, it's, suppo- good. it's supposed to kind of be over. It's February 8th. We got to take this. Yeah. Yeah. I say this fully understanding my role in the take industrial complex. I sit here and with the jobs to have takes. Yeah. However, it is now my belief, and maybe I can shoehorn this all the way into blaming Tom Brady for this. I might do it. All right. We are. Too far down the line on every single game being a legacy game. Way too far. Yeah. Every single minute of every single game is what to say about his legacy. Joe, what's on the screen right now? Uh, let's see. What would third Super Bowl ring mean for Patrick Mahomes? It would mean he has three Super Bowl rings. But earlier this week, is the question on the screen was, would it make him immortal? <laughs> it that's literally that was still the, the best one of the week. Those words yeah. were on the screen. Yeah. Yesterday, and I'm not saying this to pick on any one person because we all do this. Yesterday, when I asked you the innocent question about, hey, who Warren Sharp went to a hockey game and said, who's the football equivalent for Connor McDavid? Mm-hmm. And we turned it into, well, it's got to be somebody that hasn't won because mm-hmm. legacy this and legacy that. We live constantly instead of in moments about just enjoying a game hey there's a game who's going to win the game the entire lead up to the game i get one percent matchup stuff and 99 percent legacy mm-hmm. we're too far and it's tom, it's got to be tom brady's fault why not let's make it his fault i think actually can i can i blame brady it's a pie chart here brady's a chunk of it i think jordan and lebron are the two to blame for it Okay. Jordan and LeBron had made this a thing. Right. It became. For the last 15 years. Those two. It became a business model. Oh, yeah. Just talk about that. These debate shows exist because of the Jordan LeBron debate. Okay. I blame them more than I blame Brady. But I think Brady could be a part of it, too. That could be Brady Mahomes the next 15 years. As Brady's going to, you know, defend his honor while he's going to be on TV telling us during these Mahomes games, and he's the best. But I want to say that even. We also did it with Tiger and Jack, right? 
as Tiger Chase Jack. Did we? Did see? I was a kid for a lot of that, so like I don't remember how the take field of it was. I just thought that was the, the best golfer that's ever existed. That's that's the thing. Like with Tiger and Jack, I want to say we did it, we watched it, but it wasn't ever. Uh, maybe golf doesn't rile people up the well, same they, way because for Tiger, it was he's gonna catch Jack. Yes, like this is inevitable. He's the best we've ever seen. There's no debate. It's just a matter of time. And throughout Versus, it, it was a lot of enjoying it. Like, wow, can, right. you, can you believe it? We're here. Which I guess is what you want, right? Because now what are we getting? We're getting, will Mahomes ever catch Brady? Or will LeBron ever catch Jordan? Like, it's it's a real back and forth, not, you know, Tiger was, this is going to happen. Yeah. It's going to take unforeseen circumstances for it not to. So I get that. I think it's too far. I don't need it to be 99% to 1%. I want some of it. Some of it. Like, for me, I became a LeBron fan when he back, went back to Cleveland, and I think the game, the, the non-Sabres slash Bills game that was my favorite game to watch of my entire life was Game 7 Warriors and Cavaliers, and I think why is that true? I mean, the game was great. There were moments, but I think I love that game so much because of what it meant for him and his legacy. You know? Like, I'm not going to make it all about that. I don't need to make it 99% of it to the 1% about what happened in the game and the matchup. But it should be but a, a part of it. I, I will say this, though. The difference is, the, the key difference is, in the NBA, that was game what? That was game seven. Seven. Yeah. If the NBA existed like the NFL, they lost game one. Done. All right, it's over. Your legacy's defined. Purdy and Mahomes are not going to play seven times to find out who's to find out who's better. Allen doesn't get seven cracks at Mahomes in the conference championship right. round. He keeps losing one game, and also winning another game. Like the season series for the Bills and the Chiefs has been a split multiple times. It's about which one you lose. And football's different too because like you're not on the field at the same time as the guy that's across from you. Like yeah. you can you can yell at LeBron, "Well, go go stop Steph Curry. You're out there. Go go cover him. Go stop him." You can't tell Josh Allen to go stop Patrick Mahomes. You can't tell Mahomes to do the to his alternative. So, so I feel conflicted about it all because at the same time I'm going to be the person that sits here and says, when you tell me that Allen is close to Mahomes, I think he might be close day to day, but when we look at the resume, they're not close. So you kind of, I don't know, I get caught. I get stuck. Is everything legacy all the time? I think the answer tends to be yes. There you go. There's my hot take. That's that's the new me. That's the new sports media, I think. Legacy. A lot of it. Not all of it. There's good. You can find the really good. I mean, even then, like, you know, ESPN, Fox Sports, most of it is this. Most of it is the legacy stuff. Once in a while, you'll get Dan Orlovsky or Mina Kimes breaking down plays, and it's usually pretty good. But it, but it's so, it's oh, it's so overwhelmed by the rest of it. Usually, yep. like you'll you'll get that maybe once a morning. You'll get that for five minutes a morning, and then you'll get three hours of, you know. And is Brock Purdy a game manager, a, game, with, 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 a franchise quarterback, if right. he wins on Sunday? And with Purdy, you can't do legacy, so you have to decide. Well, does this count as being good? <laughs> well, for him, it, it becomes right if he wins on Sunday. Is he like a legitimate franchise quarterback? Because that's what's in question right now. Yeah. Will he be someone that they'll pay down the road? Right, like that. It's what it, it will. What it will mean if he wins more so than how does he win? What if he wins MVP? Wouldn't it be great? It'd be great.
Why would it be great? Because Mahomes would lose. And if that Mah- would be great. And I'm I'm just want to let you know I'm ready. I'm ready with this tweet. Ready. Mahomes career win percentage 0.792. Career Super Bowl win percentage 0.5. Oh, Hashtag here we go. Mahomes is not clutch. Hashtag legacy. <laughs> right. I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded. Let's do it. All right, I'm ready for trivia. You want to do some trivia? All right, instant trivia brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Speaking of food, it's the number one food snack day of the year. Yeah. Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. Top 10 Super Bowl foods determined by searches this month. Can you give okay. me the top 10 most popular Super Bowl foods? Again, the way they went about this is how often it was searched. Okay. Nationwide in the last month. This is always kind of funny. It's like, how how often are people just writing into a Google search bar, pizza? I guess it does have to include Super Bowl. Well, no, maybe not. I guess not. These are the top 10 Super Bowl foods that have been searched. Yes. Recipes or just what people have at parties? It just says it? what people have at parties. Okay. Yeah. Pizza. Pizza's number one. Wings. Wings is number seven. Uh, sa- sub sandwiches. Deli sandwiches. Uh, no. No. Chicken wing dip. Chicken wing dip number four. Chili. How about chicken wing dip being above chicken wings? Chili's number two. Pizza one, chili two. Veggie platter. No. Not veggie platter. Thankfully, but you never know. Your, your party needs a veggie platter, though. No. You do have something that could be found on a veggie platter on this top ten list. Sour cream dip? No. Carrots? No. You probably would would not have. I mean, you could have it on the veggie platter. You probably would be more likely to do, you know, something else. Cantaloupe. Pretzels? <laughs> Cantaloupe. Chips? No. Doritos? No. What's on a veggie platter? Something that would be in the middle of the veggie. Never mind. Forget I said that. Ranch. No, but you're on the right track. It's the thing you would dip stuff in, but you're probably doing this. You're doing this with chips. You're not doing this with vegetables. Salsa? Nope. Close. It's not sour cream? It's not sour cream. There's like only one other thing in this. French onion dip? Hummus. No. What else do people are dipping veggies in? Forget the veggie part. Forget the veggie part. You're in the same range, though, with salsa and sour cream. You just, you're like right there. It's a different color than those two. Okay. Those two are a different color. What color is it? But it's not white or red. Not cheese. So Not cheese. If you were creating a burrito, you would have all of those things you just mentioned on. There you go. Guacamole. Oh, okay. Guacamole. Number five. You're missing three, eight, nine, ten. You know, a good guac is, if we were to rank dips, yeah, a good guac is really good. Yeah. It's also pretty healthy. Dip draft. Comparison. What's the number one pick on the board on dip draft? Uh, chicken wing dip. I think it's got to be. Uh, sour cream and onions, pretty darn good. Chicken what? wing dip, though. Chicken Fre- wing French dip is onion? convenient. French onion dip? Sour cream and onion. Sour cream and onion? Oh, yeah, no, French onion, bison, French onion. Sour, yeah, okay, okay. Chips. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Wait, are you doing sour cream no, onion so, chips in the French onion dip? No, sour cream and onion dip. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about sour cream and onion dip. 
You not know that this exists? Um, I don't think I do. Yeah, it is French onion dip. Same thing. That's what I'm reading online. Okay. What foods are we missing? You're missing something that's similar to chili, but has got more of a New Orleans flair to it, I would say. Gumbo. No. Jambalaya. Jambalaya. You're missing a type of sandwich that would be the most popular Super Bowl sandwich, I guess, if you're uh, if you're going by this. Roast beef? No. It has my name in it. Sloppy Joe's? Sloppy Joe's, number eight. There's no way more Sloppy Joe's are being served than deli platters. Apparently they are. Number nine, bruschetta. All right. I like a good bruschetta. Number 10, quesadillas. And number three, you're still missing, which is more of an appetizer, I would say, than anything Pink else. And, and you definitely would not like them. Oh. I'm sure you would not Deviled like Deviled eggs? Deviled eggs, number three. Not my country. Pizza, chili, deviled eggs. Get out of top here. Three. Not my country. Deviled What's eggs. wrong with deviled eggs? He doesn't like eggs. The idea that they... And deviled eggs are even worse. Third, I mean, they're not three. They're, they're, you're adding stuff to, to kind of forget about the egg a little bit, aren't you? I've it's no, less eggy than if you were just to I, eat an egg. It's a hard-boiled egg. It's a hard-boiled egg, That's but the, you're replacing is, the yolk is, with, with like a... a hard-boiled egg is, what even is, it? is disgusting to start <laughs> with. People think I'm kidding. Yeah, but the, the yolk is pretty much gone out of the hard-boiled egg. It's like a yolk mixture. You get the little bit of, uh, is it the paprika on top? I guess you could do a little crumbly bacon, though, if I've seen that done. Um, yeah, what is what is the filling, though? It's like... It's like, I think it's like egg yolk. Oh, the yolk mustard. is involved. I didn't even know this. The egg yolk is mixed together with mayo, mustard, and paprika. No? Uh, if, if you started to list... What would, would would you offer me the opportunity to play Augusta National if I could get one of those down? I don't think I could do it. That's what, that's how you think. That's are how, you kidding? No, Augusta. I don't think that's I could. Aggressive. I don't think I could do it. You eat this hard, this deviled egg. You can play Augusta. Could you do one of the? Because they're known for this, right? The Augusta egg salad sandwiches. No, that's the you. That's the deal. You get a year free Augusta rounds. Wow. Well, now I'm, I'm playing the Augusta. You get a, for a year, year of Augusta, but you got to get down the whole egg salad sandwich. How long do I have to get it down? You've got uh, a day, t- ten minutes, ten minutes. Yeah, you want, you'd reasonable one, amount of time. You don't want that sandwich sitting out all day. That's ten minutes. Worse. Yeah, you don't. You, you, the, the longer that's out, the less likely I think you are to finish it. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't like my chances of getting that down. Wow. And he's just completely out on deviled eggs. Oh, I mean, yes. I don't like eggs. Period. Throw, I could throw. You got to throw chopped pickles in there, I guess, as, as well. I could get so through scrambled eggs if I needed to. I just don't like eggs. I try them, but hard-boiled, that kind of stuff, Yeah, I don't think I could do it. What else could you offer? I went for Augusta. I went bold right off the, out of the gate. Yeah. How about uh, it's a last-place punishment? You either got to watch all of one of these, any Brady documentary that you choose from or one uh, deviled egg. Brady, twice. Brady, twice. I'd watch, I'd watch it twice before yeah. I, yeah. Yep. All right, no Super Bowl, no no deviled eggs at any party Jeremy's going to on uh, on Sunday. <laughs> I don't think we're going to a party. I'm just gonna sit home. Call from mom. Answer it. 
Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know. Yeah? Yeah. I, I'm going to need a party for this game. I, 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 need, I, mean, I need people there maybe, to distract me. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll chime in with everybody on the street and see if you know we're going to hang out or do something. I would. Can I mean, if it was a little bit nicer, you'd be able to do a, a little uh, patio watch, out, right? Definitely outside. Would love an outside Super Bowl. Yeah. What's the weather for Sunday? Sunday looks. Uh, you told me Saturday's supposed to be a little bit uh, rainy. Sunday's thirties. So. It's not prohibitive. It's fine. If the sun's out, you could do. You can make that work. Yeah. Trevor Sikama. When we return, we had him on a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And he mocked not a receiver to the Bills, and we told him we would bully him into doing it. Yeah. And the good news is bullying works in this case. (laughs) Uh, I don't think he did it for us. But he does have a new mock draft out and has the Bills taking a receiver, which is always good news. And it's a good one. It's a good one. 803-0550, Trevor Sikama, when we return here on WGR. Mock draft chatter. Trevor Sikkim is going to join us for the Western Hotline. Trevor, lead analyst, lead draft analyst, pro football focus. Jeremy and Joe with you on this mildly cloudy, nice day here in Buffalo. Trevor, good morning. Morning, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, good to have you back. I, I joked as we went to break. We had you on about a month ago. You mocked something other than receiver to the Bills. We bullied, we bullied you a bit, and we're glad to see, you know, that uh, things have uh, fixed themselves. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, um, you know, as we get closer and closer to the draft, we will entertain other positions. But uh, for now, we're, we're, we're happy to see it. Troy Franklin, a guy that we're going to have to get to know. So um, whatever, if, how, however you feel about the, the, the pool, the draft, tell us about Troy Franklin. Yeah, I, look, Troy Franklin's a, a fantastic football player. You, you look at this past year in particular, he graded out so well for us in a lot of the areas that – you would love to see Buffalo get a little bit better when it comes to those deep passes. You know, I know that Oregon's offense, people kind of look at Bo Dix and they say like, oh, you know, it's just shorter passes, it's screen passes, it's things like that. But there were a handful of times every single week where he'd look deep, he'd look intermediate, whether it was over the middle, whether it was to the sideline. And Troy Franklin was off the guy, often the guy who was on the receiving end of a lot of those passes. And so he's somebody who forces a lot of missed tackles after the catch, which is a metric that we love to identify to you're to use to identify true playmakers in the passing game guys that can separate themselves from just you know a, a good pass kind of hitting him in the hands doing something after it that extracurricular if you will so he is somebody that I think because of that you can use him in a variety of different ways so not only is he a confident deep uh, catch player with with good long speed and good vertical ability but he's also somebody that you can get in the, involved in the offense in a lot of different ways and so Franklin, I feel like when we talk about some of the best receivers in this class, he is not talked about enough as that potential impact first-round wide receiver. So I think he'd be a great fit in Buffalo. I really do. Yeah, one thing I saw, Charlie, there's a million different things you could get out of receivers in this draft. And one, the, the buzz phrase I'm going to be looking at the most for the Bills is 
has potential number one ability because, you know, some guys play slot, some guys play the boundary, some guys move everywhere, some guys are vertical threats versus shorter, intermediate guys. Um, does Franklin have that to you, the potential number one ability in there somewhere? Yeah, I think he does because of kind of what I, what I had mentioned is is you get this, like, three-layered ability from him. You know, I think he does a lot of work from – the outside, like an outside lineman, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I can't remember too many opportunities where he was the true slot receiver. And so, I don't know, some people look at it, number one, as having a lot of that inside-out versatility and experience to them. Uh, but I kind of have faith that even if Franklin doesn't have a lot of experience in that area, that he would be able to do it. So because of, like I said, the playmaker that this guy is after the catch, uh, the kind of dynamic athlete that he becomes when the ball is in his hand when it comes to those forced missed tackles after the catch, the footwork and his releases to be able to gain that separation no matter what the defense is, whether it's close and press, whether he's got to eat up space on the outside. like This, to me, fills that definition that you have of – a potential number one type of a player. And he was that number one for Oregon. So it's not like we are projecting him into a higher volume role that he never experienced in college football. We saw that this past year, and the return on investment was high. So I do think that he has that kind of potential ability as a back-end first-round kind of a wide receiver. Trevor Sikama, PFF on the Western Hotline. He and I know I've seen you write about Keon Coleman in the Bills as well. Where are the the early signs for where these guys are going to go like do you think are are we going to be talking about trading up in a couple of months for the names that we're talking about now as the draft process goes on and you usually will get your risers and your fallers no i don't i don't think so i think they're kind of they're in a sweet spot for these guys you know the wide receiver that i think might be next or one higher on the rankings or the tiers is is brian thomas jr from lsu i feel like there's a chance that okay, his average draft position or his projection could be a little bit higher than what the Bills might be comfortable with sitting at their spot and waiting. So I feel like if that's the receiver that they want, who I think also could be a fantastic fit for them, right? If he falls to their spot or maybe he's uh, just a couple of picks ahead of where they're at and available and they could pop up a little bit and go get him, he was fantastic for Jaden Daniels and LSU and that offense is, again, a vertical sideline type of receiver. He's got good length. He's got good speed. If you wanted to continue to push the ball deep down the field with Josh Allen's huge arm, which I know they're going to want to do no matter how the offense looks next year, he is somebody who you can absolutely do that for. But He's the one guy I think, you know, you might need to move up a little bit to go get him. But sitting where they're at, I think, you know, Troy Franklin, Keon Coleman, uh, A.D. Mitchell, Ladd McConkey, guys like this, I think you could all realistically believe that they would be available somewhere around where they're picking right now. So you were at the Senior Bowl all throughout last week, and we were, of course, keeping an eye on the receivers that were there. And I don't know that we had talked about him before the Senior Bowl began, but it seemed like once it began, Lad McConkey was the guy every day that we were, you know, reading about uh, and how well he played. Would you agree with the week that he had? Yeah, and look, I think McConkey had a – I think his best day was day one, which is great because you always want to make a great first impression when it comes to the senior bowl, especially if you're a wide receiver because you know that that probably means that you absolutely cooked people on the highlight clips that are getting shared around social media and all of that. So he really did a good job doing that on day one. I don't think it was as consistently dominant on day two and day three, but he's just one of the best route runners in this class. He really is. I, you know, when I watched his tape – 
even going back to summer scouting. Uh, I thought that I was going to see, just because of the body type and the usage alone, I, I thought that I was going to see a slot-only type of receiver, but one that was a really great route runner. And he proves to be more of that total package of a wide receiver, as you might expect. He's got really nice long speed. They use him on the outside, uh, not as much as they do on the inside, but plenty. And uh, he's got great blocking ability, too. Pound for pound, this guy will try to uh, try to help out as much as he possibly can in the run game. So you love that willingness from him as well. Uh, and so I do think that Lab McConkey is one of those top 50 type of wide receivers who, whether it's the back end of the first round or maybe it feels like more of a top of the second round type of a wide receiver, he could be a high-volume guy in any sort of offense. Trevor Sigma from PFF Lead Draft Analyst. The rest of the draft, you know, the storyline is – quarterback, tackle, receiver. My favorite question to ask is how many defensive players go in the first round? And is that number maybe the lowest it's been in, boy, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure that number is like at the tip of your tongue, but it seems like a very offensive heavy first first round draft. Yeah, and, you know, I was just going through this exercise with somebody the other day. We were going through a mock draft. I was on the PFF NFL show with Sam and Steve and those guys, and uh, we got to pick 10. And the first defensive player didn't come off the board until we, we only had one. It, it was it was pick number nine actually. It wasn't pick number ten. So we had we had eight selections start the draft on the offensive side of the ball. And Steve, as that was happening, was like, "Man, this has got to be pretty unprecedented. We just don't see this very often." But it it makes sense for where the game is currently going, right? I, I mean, we just went through a head coach hiring cycle around the NFL where offensive coordinators are the ones who are getting these interviews first and foremost and getting these head coaching jobs. And we've heard, you know, stories of even these defensive coordinators who are, who are um, interviewing for these jobs. Some teams are like, okay, give us your number one offensive coordinator option who you think you would bring in if you were hired as head coach. And then tell us who your number two is for if we have success next year and this guy gets poached. You're like, that's just the – desperation for good offenses that we're seeing in the NFL right now. So I think that uh, you're absolutely going to see a reflection of that in the NFL draft. Now I will say this, you know, just because I think the top 10, the top 12 is going to be much more focused on offense than defense. There's a lot of really great corners. There's a lot of really great pass rushers uh, that I think will make their way into the first round as well. I think the areas that kind of, hold the defense back from really evening things out as the first round goes on is the safety class is not very good. I don't think we get a safety in the first round. Don't think we get a linebacker in the first round either. And probably only two interior defensive tackles. So even though there are going to be maybe five or six edge rushers to make it in the first round, maybe five corners as well, that's still much less than half of the first round because the rest of those positions aren't very strong. Man, that just running back too. I know I've heard is you know not looking like it's likely that a guy will go in the first round for that position too. We just keep checking names or positions off the list. Uh, I, the receiver class is so deep, Trevor. That I I don't know like where you hear once in a while like well there's so many receivers like go take your defensive lineman in round one. The Bills only have basically three under contract, and you can still get your receiver in round two. But man, uh, that is just. It's. I guess I'm spooked because they tried to do that a couple years ago when Pickens went in front of them and Sky Moore and all those guys. Um, does it feel like this is a year, though, where you can wait till the end of round two if you think you can address something else in round one and still get an impact player to replace a Gabe Davis? 
Yeah, and, and, and that's the game of the draft, right? I think that that's the fun-slash-stressful part for a lot of these general managers is not only understanding the talent level that these players have, is you're trying to predict, just like the rest of us are, what the rest of the league is going to be doing because in a vacuum and on paper, yes, that's what I would tell people. And I've done Buffalo Bills mock drafts before where I have had them taking maybe an offensive line player at some point in the year or a defensive lineman, like you mentioned, in the first round. And, you know, I'll have conversations with Bills fans who are like, man, we need a wide receiver so badly. And I say to them, yeah, but I can rattle off names of receivers that will be able to help them that you can get in round two and round three to fill that void. I can't really do that with edge rushers or um, offensive linemen or interior defensive linemen. Just a lot of the good ones just go in that first round because they're those premium trench positions. And so I'm not saying that, that a world cannot exist where you don't take a stud wide receiver in the first round. And then you also find some good trench players a little bit later, but it just gets more and more risky yeah. when you move further away from that first round pick if you need someone along the trenches. And so it's just something to consider. And it's just part of why we do a lot of these exercises to say, okay, let's run some simulations to see what it looks like. If we were to pass on a wide receiver, are we happy with our total package of players that we're able to bring in? I, yeah. That, Trevor, that's my favorite point. Like once you make your pick at one to wait 32 more picks, basically, and to try and play that game, and especially with these two spots, like the Bills will be desperate at both spots. You will be, I mean, it's not, you know, rocket science, whatever. The, the entire league will know. Well, next time up on the board, we know what they want. So everybody knows that and can get in front of you. And you as the Bills might realize that if you make that D lineman pick at 28 or wide receiver pick, that by the time you get to the second round, you're going to have to move because if it is scarce at defensive line or if the receiver you like might be gone, all of a sudden you're, you're kind of just building in a, pr a higher price you're going to have to pay because you've got yourself in a desperate spot. I agree. Yeah, it's, 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 and that, I get that again. That is, that is the part of the game where, man, we've seen GMs on draft weekend. Uh, you being able to play cool under pressure, you know, we talk about that for quarterbacks all the time. You know, they're great under pressure. You know, there's, there's also, I think, a grade for general managers under pressure where uh, you're, you're on the clock. And, look, a lot of these draft conversations and potential trades and what we're going to do here, a lot of these scenarios are worked out before draft weekend even gets kicked off. So you have a blueprint. It's very rare that uh, any of these GMs or front offices – have situations that, that come up that they just straight up had no plan for. Uh, but still, it's very different in the moment, you know, when you're trying to make your team better. And uh, let's face it, for Buffalo, it's a it's, it's, it's a little bit of extra pressure because where they are in their winning window, you know, they've got to nail these picks to make sure that they can continue to compete uh, while they have the roster that uh, says they can. Tampa Bay trade Trevor Sikama on the Western Outline. I saw on your NFL Stock Exchange podcast with you and Connor Rogers that you had multiple quarterbacks going in the teens even after the first three. How has that progressed in the last week with the Senior Bowl and whatnot? And also – uh, do you have a thought on Spencer Rattler? Because I feel like he's a name that I'm starting to see pop up a little bit more and more in the last few weeks. Yeah, Spencer had a really good week. I, I thought, you know, when a lot of people came to Mobile, they were looking for Bo Nix or Michael Penix to really grab that QB1 title by the reins. You know, not, not in the draft overall. I figure that's from Caleb Williams. But for that event, you know, we were looking for those guys to show up and, and just really – have a great week of practice and, and showcase a lot of what people makes um, what what people believe makes those players first round worthy. And we saw that at times, 
But there was still that inconsistency from both of those guys. Nick's was a little bit of a slow burn, didn't really start out the week very well. He just looked tight, looked nervous the first you know, couple of days, and then really warmed up. That day two had more good throws. Day three, I think he ended the week really strong and then had a strong showing in the game as well. Panics was just kind of up and down the entire week. But Spencer Rattler, I felt, was – more of a steady, good presence throughout the week, no matter who he was throwing to. Uh, he liked his favorite target, Xavier Leggett, for a little bit early on in the week as he was getting settled and his, uh, his feet wet, if you will. But I just felt, I just feel as though Rattler is somebody who I think is going to go day two in this draft. I really do. You know, whether it's somebody valuing him enough to take him on round, in, in round two, or I think it's more likely that he is a day, or sorry, a round three selection. His arm talent is still so good, and for people that have not kept tabs with him since he went from Oklahoma to South Carolina, it feels like he has matured. It feels like his game has matured, and he still has that high-end talent. And When people look at the stats and say, okay, why didn't he do more when he was at South Carolina then? (laughs) Their offensive line was bad. Their offensive line was one of the worst in the SEC, um, one of the worst in the country at times. So I think that was really holding it back more than his talent uh, and what he could bring to the table as a quarterback. So I thought that he had a good week. But getting back to your first question, I feel as though we're still going to get four or five quarterbacks in the first round. There's just a lot of teams that desperately need quarterback upgrades, and there's not a strong free agency field for them, right? I think you look at, okay, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, are those guys really the only solidified quarterbacks that are available? It sure doesn't sound like Baker Mayfield's getting out of Tampa. So with a lot of these teams that need quarterbacks, you know, Denver, Minnesota, uh, Las Vegas, you know, these teams right in the middle there that could use quarterback upgrades. You throw the Falcons in there as well. It doesn't seem like the Saints are going to be in on a quarterback. We know their fans talk about that. And so there's just more quarterback needy teams than it feels like there are free agent quarterbacks. So we've got to wait uh, till next month to see how that plays out. But to me, that still just spells these teams taking a chance on a Knicks, a J.J. McCarthy, maybe a Michael Penix uh, when it comes to the first round. So I still think we get four or five of these quarterbacks in there. Trevor, 30 seconds. Give us what happens on Sunday. I, you won't hear me bet against Mahomes. I mean, I thought you know, going into this postseason, I was like, okay, here we go. Here's the challenge. He's on the road uh, in Buffalo. He's on the road in Baltimore. Let's see what he's made of. And, well, oh, look at that. He's made of exactly what we've seen over the last couple of years. So 49ers, incredible team, but I'm not betting up against Mahomes. I think it's going to be lower scoring than people believe because of the defensive talent for the 49ers and Steve Spagnuolo uh, for the Chiefs. But ultimately, I think Kansas City wins it. All right. All right. Trevor, stick him up, Pro Football Focus. Trevor, thanks so much. Yeah, of course, guys. Anytime. All right. Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter and uh, Troy Franklin, one I like. In his mock, he does have the Chiefs trading up ahead of the Bills. For a receiver? Yes. That is not Troy Franklin? That's right. As long as they get one. I believe – I mean, I, I just closed it. Let me pull it back up. It was uh, – I believe it's Brian Thomas Jr. That's your guy. That's the guy I think is the best idea if the Bills can somehow get him to fall there. Although Troy Franklin's like right there on the level with me. Yeah. Yeah. I like it better than I like the Keon Coleman idea. But, you know, all these ideas are subject to change. Wide receiver draft ideas of the day. In his mock, wide receivers go early, but Adunze goes nine, and then no one goes until 26. Mm-hmm. It'll be important, I think, that... Like these two, these two teams, they always get compared. The, the Chiefs are in the Bills' way. They're both going to make big investments at receiver this offseason. Yep. And the Bills getting it right, more right than Kansas City does. Like that'll, 
I, I don't want to say it's a wash, but if Troy Franklin and Br- Brian Thomas are on both teams and they're both great, then we're just kind of right back where we started with that specific matchup. But if they do something else or they don't hit on theirs and, you know, Troy Franklin's a bill and amazing, I mean, that's, that's not what you're trying to do. You're trying to get ahead. Yeah, i got to get ahead of them in some spots. And they're going to be looking at the same position. Extendo Sports and then the Extra Point Show here on WGR. All right, wrapping things up here. Waste management open today. Yeah. It's been raining and hailing. Yeah, they're doing uh, preferred lies. We've got Kevin Price, PGATour.com, maybe tomorrow from the waste management. A little early to get up out there, but you nice. know, that's fine. Former WGR morning show intern, now covering right. the PGA Tour. They don't do daylight savings time in Arizona, so I don't know if that means anything, though, for right now. Like, they just don't do it. What time is it right now in Phoenix? Yeah. I think it's probably a three-hour difference. Jeremy's over here trying to trade for my draft picks in uh, our Dynasty League. You're going to miss out. FOMO, wide wide receiver FOMO in these Dynasty Leagues. Well, in that Dynasty League, yes, I have no picks. What'd you trade him for? I traded a second-round pick for Kyron Williams. Okay. Good. That's very yeah. good. And I traded a first uh, in a trade that I traded for Kyler Murray because I was desperate at quarterback. Then I traded Kyler Murray to you for Brock Purdy in a second. Yeah. And that went well. So you probably, though, traded – what pick is that? Like 10? 11? Yeah, like the 10th pick for – You probably traded a first-round wide receiver for a second-round wide receiver in Brock Purdy. It's probably what you ended up doing. Yes. So, like, Keon Coleman for... Or Xavier Worthy. For Xavier Worthy for Brock Purdy and uh, J- and Polk from yeah. Washington. Yeah. But again, not in a vacuum. My receivers are studs. Like that... Yeah. Uh, we didn't get a wide receiver of the day in. No, we'll do that tomorrow. We'll get another one. Uh, Darnell Mooney. Someone texted me. Oh, in. yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to get to Darnell Mooney as well. We can idea. do that uh, more so tomorrow but perfect that's that, that's a good one that's that's because he's young that's middle ground stuff yeah yep all right that's it for us back tomorrow for a football friday ahead of the super bowl of course cheers